Amanda. Hey, Kristen. Some quick housekeeping this week before our interview with Sarah McNally. We've got a book club interview that, a book club episode, a book club interview would be really fun. Maybe we'll get (laughs) one of those. Um, (laughs) We've got a book club episode that just came out this Friday over on the Patreon. So if you are interested in checking out a book that takes its time, which you totally are. It's an amazing book. Head over to Patreon at patreon.com slash craftiestfemale. And you, if you are a supporter of us at the $5 and up level, you'll see the book club episode right there on the feed. And listen to it. It's amazing. And open the book and find one of the first activities that you want to do and pop over and join us. Yeah. And we wanted it. We basically give like the info of the book give you an idea of it and then me and Kristen kind of talk about our favorite pages and then we kind of pitch at the end like possibly opening up a recap at the end of this book's run with like some of you girls who read it speaking on a chapter or two so I thought that was really interesting that we could do yeah so I would really love to hear lots of more of your voices we'd love to have a recap show with you ladies who are in the patreon so yeah, make you, it super collaborative yeah wouldn't that be awesome yeah it would <laughs> yeah so pop over to patreon patreon.com slash crafty female if you are not already supporting us at the five dollar and up level head over and do that um it helps us pay the bills it helps support the show it helps get this awesome podcast out to more people and get us very cool um guests like sarah mcnally who's uh who came out and reached out to us um, we would not have found her otherwise. And I am so excited that she found us because now we have a new friend. She was an awesome guest. Awesome guest. Owns her own like brick and mortar in Seattle, like card maker. Like she was awesome. Yeah. And then I love what she, you know, she said in the beginning of the episode, which you'll hear, she goes, I'm just on this quest to reach out and make friends that I haven't met yet. And I'm like, oh, drop the mic. Like, yes. <laughs> like, that's what we do. That's what she did. Like, it was a great interview. So I good. know. I'm so excited. Well, you guys are ready to meet Sarah. I'm like, let's go. Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedale. And we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hey, Amanda. Oh, hey, Kristen. Hey, Sarah. Hello. Welcome to Crafty S Female, the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we're like so professional and like... We always have intros planned. No, we don't. Okay. (laughs) No. All right. So, yes, guys, today on the show, we have Sarah McNally of Constellation & Co., right? You do say co or do you say company? Yes. Okay. I used to say company when I was trying to be impressive, but (laughs) 10 years in, I'm kind of over it. It's a co now. (laughs) It's cute either way, but right. I like how you have the CO dot, so let's say co. So, Constellation & Co., and you're a stationary designer bringing encouraging words to struggling humans, or at least that's what you're Instagram blurb says and that's so fun and I've already like scrolled your Insta and was obsessed with the this year was the worst card (laughs) as I saw that and I was like yes and my listeners know exactly what I mean because I've talked that up crazy and I love um, I saw one I'm going to gift Kristen which says I love talking about podcasts with you so that one so you just have like a plethora of those cute quick snarky like little cards love it and um yeah, and you reached out to us to come on, which is such a crafty-ass female thing to do. <laughs> yes. So, so excited. Welcome. Tell us a little more about yourself and anything else I missed. And yeah, I guess we could start with like the backstory and evolution of Constellation & Co. Go ahead. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. So I have been definitely reaching out and looking for kindred spirits in the creative entrepreneurship world. And I've been trying to in 2019, put myself out there more often and just think about people out there as just friends I haven't met yet. So I've been kind of on a journey to do that and to be a little bit more, uh, shall I say, ballsy in in putting myself out in the world. So I'm thrilled to be here to meet you both and um, to kind of continue on that little passion project of mine. 
So yeah, like you said, I own Constellation & Co. And we are a letterpress greeting card company. And I also own a brick and mortar stationery store in Seattle. So we do a little bit of everything. And I went to art school to study graphic design. I went to the Ringling School of Art and Design in Florida and loved that. And then moved to Seattle with my fiance in 2009 and couldn't get a job because it was 2009. 2009, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was 10 years ago, by the way. Like, I'm still I like, know. oh, what was I doing two years ago? I'm like, no, that was 10 years ago. It's wild. It's I wild. know. Um, so yeah, I started uh, just designing greeting cards in my spare time. I had a spare bedroom. I had a little GoCo screen printing kit and I started printing cards and selling them on Etsy that summer that we moved. And I worked a couple of really terrible, terrible ad agency jobs that I hated <laughs> and eventually quit on a Friday, never went back. <laughs> and did a letterpress apprenticeship to learn how to print, which was an awesome, wild year of my life, spending my full-time <laughs> working time, working for free in someone's garage, learning how to print. And I am very feel very privileged and grateful that I was able to do that. My fiance was very understanding <laughs> and sweet. Uh, he graduated with a graphic design degree as well, except he went into the tech world and has marketable skills. <laughs> <laughs> Which is technically, correct me if I'm wrong, was the ad agency kind of thing. I feel like that's what, like, graphic designers, when you want to, like, try and make money quickly, right? That's yeah. kind of where you go, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, at that point in time, I was like, anyone who will help me pay my yeah. rent, <laughs> it's a good job. But I am just not built for that. I'm definitely built to be an entrepreneur. I am stubborn and just I have a really hard time getting behind someone else's dream. And I have a really easy time focusing on my own and really pursuing that doggedly, yeah. which I've not always liked about myself, but I'm grateful for now at this point. So after my year-long apprenticeship, I bought my first um, big printing press, rented a hundred square foot artist studio, and then just kind of let it roll from there. And it feels like it went fast, but a lot of things have changed in 10 years. And it's just been kind of a wild adventure. I heard someone recently say they fell ass backwards into owning a business. And I relate to that strongly, <laughs> very strongly. It was yeah. not what I set out to do. But basically, I've been working on all this time trying to figure out how to put all of these loves that I have for making things, working with my hands, writing, um, and find a, a career that puts all of those together. Cool. And was there anything because you said like you went to school for graphic design. And you know, was there anything kind of before that as far as like, oh, I saw signs of it. And then you kind of like fell into the cards or like what made you want to do cards? And then like, was there anything before that that was like, yeah. looking back? Well, I've always loved snail mail. Like, I grew up writing letters back and forth to my grandma and I had my first pen pal when I was six years old. So I've always sent yeah. mail to people. And it, honestly, I just kept trying to find something to put my mark on that didn't feel too heavy like I the period of time I was in school the whole vibe was graphic designers will save the world so how can you use your design for um for you know helping to steer elections or helping to do this and that and all the things are so important but I also really struggle with anxiety so when I had that in my head I was I was just paralyzed. I couldn't do anything because it all felt too important and too big. So when I started designing greeting cards, it was this little like ephemeral thing that could create a small difference in someone's life and show love and help them feel less alone. And I've realized over time that that's not a little thing. That's actually a really big thing. So it doesn't, I don't have this big feeling of pressure when I design a new card, but I've also seen the ripples that that creates be something that actually does change people's lives yeah I love that and already you know we're six minutes into this podcast and I already like I've captured already like a few I like the way you put things it's like a very <laughs> like even in how you speak is kind of a greeting card it's like a little tight quick like you said I think of this as friends I haven't met yet which makers <laughs> have done a whole Galentine's episode an hour long and that was basically the tagline of that whole episode <laughs> Like, so I already see it kind of, 
Yeah. yeah. It all makes I think sense. That's my superpower is trying to find exactly the right amount of words in a small format to say exactly the big idea that I have, which is why I love Twitter. Honestly, totally. Twitter is like my thing because I'm like, yes, make it efficient, make it small, <laughs> make it snappy. That's what I want. That's why I write greeting cards. <laughs> Anyone who loves brevity can be my friend any day. Yeah. <laughs> For oh, sure. Yeah. Efficiency is important to me, even though. I do a lot of things that are ridiculous. I still like to try to make make things as efficient as possible. <laughs> that's how you do a lot of things. Exactly. And exactly. isn't that, I feel like that's the whole purpose of graphic design school is kind of shave down all that blah, 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 that you want to do, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like a shave down. And then like on that note, like when looking at your cards too, like it is the sentiment that is the thing that's the most like, on the head like you you aren't doing these lavish things with the design you know but it I is used like to want to I used to try right. that and it never felt right it felt like trying on someone else's clothes and then the more simplistic the more clean and the more typography focused it was the more what I had to say could shine through and it wasn't what I set out to do but again like it it's where I felt more most comfortable and and I've learned to appreciate what yeah. it is that I make differently than People. Yeah, and then the complexity is in the simplicity, which is like <laughs> such a higher level of like design understanding. You know, I love yeah. That. Not everybody gets it, but yeah, I, I you know, hey, I've again ten years in, I'm 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 starting to accept so <laughs> who I am and what I make and how things go. Um, I think it's just taken me a long time to decide that I'm okay with what I'm already doing. <laughs> That's like the topic of our conversations lately, right? Yeah, <laughs> like I think like, okay. like when you um, when you reached out to us and I saw your website five seconds in, I was like, yep, this is going to be an amazing conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did the same thing. <laughs> I was like, first, cause it, was, it was one, it was like, okay, because, okay, everyone right now, if you have the ability, like just go to, uh, is it constellationandco.com? Constellationco.com. Okay, no end, guys. Constellationco.com. Go and, like, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. You'll, simple website, you know exactly what you want, and then your stuff is just, I feel like you're the millennial Emily McDowell. Oh, that's, those are kind words. Thank you. Nice. Because it's just... It's the stuff that I say to my friends in text messages, and it's the, like, it's exactly the stuff that I would spend $6 on a greeting card for. And not to Hallmark, because I'm not going to pay Hallmark $6, because that's not in my value system. Like, my values aren't, like, give Hallmark $6 because I don't (laughs) want to support Hallmark and whomever it is that they pay and do work for i want to pay someone like you because you're awesome and snail mail is awesome and sending things to friends are awesome and like when you can like clearly show off your value system the way you do like that takes time it does but it's also the more I've honed in on exactly who I am, exactly what I do and exactly what I believe in, the easier it all has become. Because I, I started a business and and the only way I could make it exist for the first few years was to literally do everything and be everything to everyone. And I burnt out so hard on that. And so I feel like the last few years I've been growing, my business has been growing, but it's been like a, a constant pruning back and saying no and honing in on exactly what I can do and what I can offer. And a, a big part of that was um, four years ago, I became a mom and I opened my shop just three months after or three months before my son was born. So I went into owning a brick and mortar shop thinking I would just keep doing everything the way I always had been doing everything. And I hit the end of my rope so quickly because I literally could not do it all. It was not practical. It, it just wasn't going to work. So I had to delegate things to a team for the first time, which was a whole wild other experience that they don't teach you in design school. <laughs> or probably um, business school. Yeah. I I'm, I'm kind of wish I'd gone to business school some days to be more applicable to my daily life. Um, but I also just had to recognize that everything I was saying yes to, that wasn't exactly in my wheelhouse. 
um, was, was saying no to time with my son or time to rest and regenerate my brain space and all of that important stuff. So I think that honing process has been everything to making sure that I can keep running a business and keep being a creative person. Because I mean, as you know, it, it can be really exhausting trying to be creative, give your best all the time and also make a living and maintain and all of those things. It's not as, as easy as I wish it, it could be. So saying no, and you know, everyone's on the Marie Kondo train right now, but like literally like, does it spark joy? Does writing workshops spark joy? Does doing client work spark joy? Like I have to ask myself that a lot. I didn't have the words for it before Marie Kondo, but that's what I've been doing for a long time. Yeah, totally. And having that vocabulary really does help of like, you know, saying like this or that, can I do without this? Does this bring me not even just like satisfaction, but actual joy. Because before that, what were we saying? Does this bring me money? Does this bring me extra? You know what I mean? Like, what, before we had the word joy and was assessing it with that, what were we assessing it by? We're like, will this bring me Sometimes more clients? Sometimes we weren't even assessing it at all. Right, I guess. I think we do a lot of things out of this like obligation. And yeah. I've looked at my life a lot and seen like, oh, I was doing that because that other person was doing that. Or because I thought and I had to do that to make a living or I thought I should be doing that because that one customer suggested it that one time mm. and all of those suggestions and all of those things are important to look at but I'm I'm really really working hard not to do anything because I should do it I'm working hard to do things because it makes sense for my business it does make money because as a business I do need to make money I have employees to pay and rent to pay but more than that like is this is this bringing me joy is this bringing some kind of like a thing that adds to my life instead of draining me of energy. Mm, we talk about that a lot too. And on that note, I, I, on your website, I saw your hours. So like you're off Monday and like three o'clock on Saturday, Sunday. And I was looking at that, like, this is how, if I were to own a brick and mortar, like I would run it. Like the fact that, you know, you're going to have a life outside it. Absolutely. <laughs> For yeah. my employees too. Yeah. And you know, like we're closed on Monday, but Monday is a day that I work from home. Right, sure. I'm home with my son, which is an important part of my values that I have two days at home with him. Um, he's only four. So I still like to get that like one-on-one time with him. Um, but, you know, I, I work my week out that way. So I spend a few days working from home and then Thursdays I'm home and everyone else is out of the house. And I've realized that is like, oh, that is cherished time. Like yeah. no one talks to me, <laughs> yeah. no one else is in my orbit and I get to just like hang out with the dog and do what I need to do. And I'm, it's taken me so long to, again, get rid of that like should mindset that if I have a day of childcare, I should be at the shop. But I pay people to be at the shop on Thursdays so that I can get all my work done, answer my emails yeah. and record podcasts and do other things that are also really important for my life and my business. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there I'm getting it's it's not so much that I don't do the things that I want to be doing it's that I do them and then feel really guilty about yeah. them for some reason until I can sort of build it into like no this is my boundary this is what I do this is what works and just keep reminding myself that <laughs> again yeah. and again I love that you're bringing that point home for us and like with a fresh voice me and Kristen kind of talk about that all the time but like you're such a good fresh yeah. voice and uh, Kristen's we all been, need that yeah so that reminder of like, yes, yes, yes this is good. This constantly, is true. constantly. You'll remember today and forget tomorrow. Absolutely. And Chris, Kristen's been really good at, at that whole thing that she just said, Kristen, about like, they're getting paid. Let them do what they get. You've been, you said that a bunch of times recently. That's been well, an eye like, opener. There's, I think there's two, it's a twofold point. Like one, you are paying people to do a job so you know let them do a job (laughs) two that's someone's job give them the dignity of doing their job like if you were doing a job you know you would want the dignity of being able to do your job and do your job well without someone constantly looking over your shoulder and as women when we have people constantly looking over our shoulder at work it sucks Mm -hmm. so like when you have employees, remember that. Yeah. And being a boss and being an employee, having that experience of doing both things is awesome because then you remember these things and 
you can be a better boss and you can be an, a better employee. But another thing that like I think is really awesome is that sometimes you just don't have customers at like 4:30. Yep. Or nine o'clock in the morning you know like i'm not going to go to the store at nine o'clock in the morning and buy a greeting card so like we also have to and it might make sense for everybody else's business to be open from nine to five but for us creative people who you know are probably mostly women who probably have to drop their kids off or mostly it might make sense to have different business hours Mm -hmm. and when you own a business you get to make those decisions. Absolutely. And learning to stand behind them has been a long process for me because even though I know, because for the first like two years we were open, we had different hours and we kept trying to alter them and look at them. And I took a lot of notes about who's coming in and when and looked at the analytics and looked at all of it. And I've honed it down to where our hours are the hours where we make money, where people are in the store, where it makes sense to have staff there. I still constantly hear people saying, well, you're never open when I'm here. And it's always interesting because they're the like outlier yeah. <laughs> who may be there, but it's not, but isn't shopping, but it's just offended that I'm not open for them to come in and not buy anything, which everyone <laughs> has their, you know, their prerogative. Yeah. That's fine. But for me, I can't pay my employees and I pay my employees as well as I possibly can. And I always have, so I can't pay them like good money to sit there when no one is buying anything. And that's just like, that's just brick and mortar one-on-one for me is like, if no one's buying anything, I'm losing money. So I might as well be closed so that they can get their focused work done before they open and all this other stuff. Cause we also have a pretty big wholesale business. So we sell cards in like more than 200 stores. So that stuff has to get done and it can't get done when there's 20 people in the shop. So that's kind of one of those things that I'm trying to work harder at figuring out is how to educate my customers and show them all of the other things we're doing so that when they come in and they feel like they don't understand the big picture, I can kind of like share that. So I've been trying to do that more on social and and do a little more behind the scenes kind of stuff because it's, it's such a, it's such a funny dance of, of trying to give customers what they want, but also help them see that they're a a small part of this bigger whole that includes like, my husband and son who occasionally like to see me. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And 200 other customers in businesses all over the place. Yeah. And that, you know, right when you walk into one location, it's not just everything you see. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's a lesson that I don't always take to heart in my own life is like, we don't see the big picture. We don't know what people struggle is. We don't know what's going on with them. And we don't know what, what all of the elements that were to, that help them make the decisions they're making. So I think like giving each other grace, knowing we really don't know is really important. And yeah. I, you know, I need to do that more often. I think we all could. Give each other grace. I really identify with that because I feel like we are like, or society as a whole is so quick to harp on what you're not doing right. But like, mm-hmm. they don't appreciate like what you're trying to do in general and that you're just doing your best in general. And we all are. And the times are tough. Like I just, why don't we give each other as much credit as we do criticism? I just, yeah, absolutely. You know. Especially as women. Like that's one of those things that I, I feel like there's two, there's two camps. There's like the abundance camp and then the, um, what's the opposite of abundance. I'm forgetting that word right now. Black. The uh, Yeah. There's another word that I, oh, I'll think of it, but basically the opposite of abundance. Um, and especially when it comes to shopkeepers, I see people fall into these camps where like, I like to really like share and tag all of the makers in all my posts. I want to send people to them. I want to send support their way or the opposite tends to be, I don't want anyone else to know where to get that. They can only get it from me. And so that I can make the money because otherwise I won't stay afloat. And, and I really, I understand that, that feeling of, of, um, sure, like of a restriction. Uh, yeah, like of just stinginess. Yeah, I don't know what the the actual like business term. I know I know what you mean, but I don't know what it is. And I'll, let me see like, if I can. <laughs> yeah, I know because the word Smith. Yeah. Will, it'll drive you. Nuts. Oh, I know. Oh, and then I'll I'll be like laying in bed. Yeah. Saying, like, oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think like as women, if we have an abundance mindset and we support each other really 
passionately and we, you know, rep each other's projects and we like, you know, shop at each other's small businesses, then there's more to go around and not less. And not everyone's on board with that. And I understand the reasons why there's a lot of like fear and concern and anxiety that comes in, in being a woman owned small business. Um, but I just think that there's, there's a lot of like love and support that we can all be giving each other that, that doesn't always get shared. There's a lot of criticism. You're absolutely right. Okay. Yeah. And I think, I think scarcity is the word we're looking yes. for. Thank you. Hooray. <laughs> um, Hooray. Yeah. Because, sorry, now I just lost my train of thought. Got so excited. <laughs> we're so excited. Got so excited. We, we thought of the word scarcity. Like super proud. <laughs> Everybody gets a star. Um, <laughs> we, I mean, we've talked so many times on the show about how everyone is fighting a hard fight. Mm-hmm. And no one knows how hard anyone else's fight is. And also, no one knows the commonality of our struggles until we start talking about them. Absolutely. And I think that was one of the things that I really liked about your greeting cards. As soon as I started popping into uh, onto your website. And that was another thing that I liked um, growing up when I was sending like snail mail and pen pal stuff back and forth was like, even when I didn't know someone right off the bat, I could be like, hey, I'm really into like Buffy was cool (laughs) at the time, right? And like Buffy stickers, you could get Buffy stickers at like anywhere and be like, I'm really into this and just stick the tiny little things in the envelopes and just be like, here, go. And then like a month later or two months later, something would come back in the mail and it was like Christmas. I mean, we'd say now everything, you know, everything is like Christmas, but this really was like Christmas. Not now when, you know, every single day Amazon drops a package off with your name on it. But back then when you were a kid and like, or a teenager and stuff would just show up in the mailbox with your name on it. It was like magic. And you are like actually bringing this magic back. It's, it's, it's pretty special. And, and I was kind of thinking, I was like weird, like I'm 32, like snail mail. I don't know. Like not everybody, most people are kind of over it, like really over it. But the more, especially like on my YouTube channel, the more I talk about it, the more I share the mail I'm getting and like send things out into the world, the more like this like excitement and buzz around snail mail grows and the more like kindred spirits I bring in and the more mail I receive which like oh like talk about Christmas I (laughs) I go back to the shop and I open my little like mailbox and it's full and they're letters like actual letters from like I got one this week from Greece from a stranger in Greece and and the internet brought me a beautiful like it was actual like an art piece, like a beautifully decorated, collaged, incredible envelope and letter and these beautiful words from someone I never would have met. And I just, I think that is like still magic. I don't care how old you get. I don't care how many emails you have to send in your life. That is yeah. still magic. And, and that's why I can, I can keep writing greeting cards is because I still picture that person at the end receiving some like honest words about struggle and support and them feeling that feeling of like, I am not alone in the world. I am loved. Somebody saw me. And you know, just like that connection that I have to that final person at the end that opens the envelope like that, that fuels my days. That's, that's still magic. I love it. Um, tell us more about your YouTube channel. Yes. So it's called Snail Mail Superstar. (laughs) Um, I do a lot of different things. Most of it is around snail mail. I'll talk about fountain pens and typewriters and I'll review stationery. And um, sometimes we'll like go to events. So there's like a letter writing group here in Seattle that I'll go to. Um, I did a series of videos at the National Stationery Show. And I'll also, I share a lot of things about mental health as well. So I like talk about therapy and talk about um, lots of different things on that topic. And it really has just been like a beautiful place to extend that connection and share the beautiful mail people are sending me with other people, which kind of like, again, opens that ripple up. So when someone shares 
all the things they've learned about mental health in their life. And then I get to share it. We're not just like hoarding these like important conversations to one-to-one, which again, people still send me things and say like, not for YouTube. And I still appreciate those so much. But when I get to share them, it's like, we're all learning from each other in this real way. And, you know, I've always loved podcasts, which is why I like geek out every time I get to do it. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) but that's like, YouTube is my little way of doing similar conversations like that. And as an introvert, it's not always easy for me to start these conversations in with real people, you know, with with in-person people. So on YouTube, I get to start conversations and then from sort of the safety of the internet, which sounds weird. But we totally get, yes. Yeah, (laughs) reach out to people and have these real connections that, that don't drain all of my energy, but like help, you know, build it up. I'm obsessed. So basically, because when I was on your website for Constellation & Co., Mm -hmm. I was looking for the blog button, but so your YouTube is kind of your vlog. So you kind of tie in the business and the motto and the mantra into like that as a more personal Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Get it, and I get love to share it. Like the behind the scenes stuff like new window display designs and all of that. And obsessed. it's just like playground for me. Yeah. And Instagram used to be that, but with the algorithm changes and, and just the, the general culture change, it just isn't anymore. And YouTube is a place, you know, where I get to go and do that. And then the people who are sticking around to watch like a 20 minute video of me opening mail, like those are people those are just like the best of the best people. Yeah. And, and it, it helps me with my business to start to look at like, what are, who are those people? What are they love? What are they interested in? And how can I be serving them better? And like bringing more of those kinds of kindred spirits in. Um, it's helped me quite a bit to kind of see again, like what, what I love hone in on what I want to do. I'm obsessed. So I like, I feel like you, you're doing a really good job of like, you started out and greeting cards was the meat. Then you open up this brick and mortar and that becomes an extension of the meat. And now that you have the brick and mortar and all the meat, you're like, how can I do what I love with all this meat and make a sandwich? So now you have the YouTube <laughs> and you also have your card club. So tell us. So that's yes. like another little like, this is amazing. Like, again, this is like. <laughs> I always think too, I'm like, I'm so creative, but I don't know anything about business. Listening to people like you on this show has taught me more about business than I probably could have ever. So go. Anyway, so now you have a card club, which is like, yeah, brilliant. And that card club was something that like one of my customers requested. And it was a group of people to start out with. And it's changed a little bit, but it started out as a group of people who wanted to send snail mail, but had never been in the habit or had gotten out of the habit and didn't buy cards and didn't get out to the store. And we're just kind of completely out of that loop that were like, what if you just sent me a couple cards a month and then I could send them. And I was like, I, I, I could do that. <laughs> I have like 300 card designs yeah. that live in my studio at all times. Why couldn't I do that? Um, so I started it. It's been like a year and a half ago, I think. Nope. Two years. Oh man. Time flies. Um, but we send, so we send a monthly subscription, either three cards or six cards a month. And always like bonus items and gifts. Sometimes I'll send like postage stamps or like a gel pen or, you know, kind of something fun to add to it. And card club members always get like my new releases before anybody else. And we also recently started offering uh, an event called Card Club Connect. So any of the members of the subscription service can come to the shop during closed hours and like pull prints on our printing presses and do wax seals and do like fountain pen demos and just Super get like this like stuff. fun. Yeah. yeah I get like some one-on-one time in the shop as like basically opening it up. Like this is now your playground and it's, it's been really successful. People really love it. And, and again, that's that like core group of people that I know are like ride or die for snail mail and for stationery, but also to support my local small business. And I depend on them so much, um, not just for, for income to help pay my bills, but for feedback. They, they're the people who share my stuff on social and who you know give me that honest feedback and tell me which ones are their favorites and tell me things that they think I should have. And those are the people I listen to. And I think that like knowing who to listen to and who to like <laughs> kind of like Ignore. thank you for your feedback yeah next. yeah like I've, I'm, I've learned that over the years and I'm getting better at it but like those people in card club are the people that I know are going to stick around that I really do listen to and um it's kind of 
become a little bit like sort of a Patreon kind of thing where these are the people who are buying in each month. And so they get more access to me, more access to the shop and discounts and new stuff and more of the fun stuff I get to do, get to funnel into that group of people, which has become like totally my joy. Love it. So the card club is like anyone from all over the world can do it, but then your Correct. card club, your card club connect is the one where they can come in. Yes. And connect. Totally. Mm. So if you're local, obviously that's easier. Um, but yeah, card club, we've got people um, all over the country right now. Nobody international right now because shipping is so darn expensive. It's hard. It's really hard. Um, but yeah, we just, we just love it and love to see people sending the cards back out into the world, which from a business perspective is uh, like extra advertising because then like their friends and family are getting things that I created and they're like telling their friends and you know that's the nice thing about a greeting card it just keeps it keeps going yeah and so you get feedback from from like the card club people but then also a lot of this is like you're your target audience as well like you know what you would want if you were coming in your store like the whole letterpress thing like like you were talking about like, I just feel like you're such a, like, I'm from the planner world, so we call us crazies planner babes. But you're like <laughs> that for the snail mail community. It's like, and Kristen's that for the scrapbooking community. So it's like, we're all paper, just different mm -hmm. kinds of paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's one of those things that overlaps is like, if you're a paper person. Yeah. You appreciate Like, it. you're a paper person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And, yeah. you know, uh, there's just so much opportunity to, like, I don't know. I geek out about printing history since I'm a letterpress printer, but like I look back to like Gutenberg and the press he created and the things he printed and like his invention created a middle class and like brought education to people who never would have had it before. And I like look at paper like that. And sometimes like, I just need to treat it with reverence yeah. because it's allowed for so many things in my life and in so many lives of, you know, expressions of creativity and, you know, ways that we share words of love and support, but also like words of like resistance and dissent. And like, it just, oh, I just like, I, I'm like, you know, I bow at the altar of paper. And can't help it. It's just the most amazing thing it's ever. Amazing thing. It, it really is. Replace. Nothing can replace it. And then all of my pretty much like 90% of my highest liked things have been pictures of paper. So it's like, <laughs> even if it's on the screen, the paper people still love the pictures of it. So. And isn't that amazing how we, we all love these tactile mediums, these like really practical in-person things. But the internet has brought people who love that specific thing together in a way that we wouldn't have otherwise. And um, one of the things that's been really interesting about my last year is a family member gave me my great grandfather's postcard collection from like wow. the 1920s. So and it's cool. It's like a, over a thousand postcards from all over the world. And he started collecting them when he was 16 and was doing these swaps with people worldwide trying to get a postcard from every of the 50 states and every country in the world, which wow. he felt slightly short because that was a big undertaking in the 1920s. Yeah. But I think about now, like my ability to connect with people, like I put a video on YouTube, I don't know who's going to watch that video. And then I get a letter from Greece and it's like, so incredible. And I, I just, I geek out seeing how social media can serve are really practical, really Luddite <laughs> interests in a way. Um, I, I don't know. I'm always trying to bring bring what I do to social media and bring social media like back to like connecting and like real relationships and you know, real and people. I, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no. Just, do you feel, as a person who just said all that, like do you feel your success? Because I, well, I know what I feel, but I want to hear from you. Like the pe like people know that that happens, right? And then they think, how can I get the most reach? And their idea about social media is so like outward. But what you're doing, like, do you feel instead that it's like if you hone in on this very tight circle around you and share that, that that's way more successful? Like, I just feel like some people approach it at this bigger kind of yeah. scale because they know it has the reach as opposed to just focusing what's. People, yeah. people listening to this can't see my hand motion, so I know it's kind of confusing. <laughs> I'm doing all this hand I was gesturing. Doing them too. <laughs> anyway, you know what yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> I do, and I, I think you're right. And I've also, the more I learn and the more people that I ask with like much bigger reach and numbers and metrics than, than mine, I'm seeing that those are not actually translating too much. 
that like beyond a certain number of people, you may get to put eyes on things that you wouldn't otherwise. But a lot of times that just means you're like, you become a great place for advertising, which no, not knocking that, not knocking that at all. But uh, you know, my, my social feeds, they're advertising my own business. So I'm not really looking to advertise other people's businesses. And, and I have found that the amount of people I can really like love on well is pretty small and, and it's growing as my business grows, but like, I have found that like that core group of people and investing in them is the best marketing I can possibly do. And the more things like this that I can do where I can connect with people and like other people can hear these kinds of real conversations, like that personal connection becomes something bigger and better. So I've actually, and I was, I was looking at, um, I was looking at Kristen's um, Instagram earlier and like uh, connecting very much to what you're saying. Cause that's kind of how I'm treating Instagram right now is like, I go there to share. I don't go there to scroll. And I think a lot of people are doing that because I, I can't keep up. And I also can't keep all that stuff in my head. I can't keep track of that many people. And I don't, feel like it's a community and a culture the way that it used to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to YouTube far more for that kind of stuff. And I'm seeing more of my friends going to YouTube for a longer form thing because I can't in one image give to you what is going on in my life. My life's complicated. <laughs> my feelings are complicated. There's a lot going on. So in YouTube, I have the ability to do a whole lot more and to be a lot more honest than I can be on Instagram. So I'm just not going there as often and it's still a big marketing tool for my business but marketing is very different than connection and trying to like tell that line and figure out you know how to be honest and transparent but also set boundaries that work for me and stop looking at engagement looking at numbers and trying to build for the sake of building when I know I can sit down and write a postcard and send it and that's going to go a whole lot farther and do a whole lot more for me than an Instagram post. So I'm, I'm going, yeah, I'm, I'm headed more and more to the old school. <laughs> that's what but works it, better. For it, me. it tugs on the heart of the audience so much more differently. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know, talk is cheap. And I think social media has become cheap in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we can fight that by being really honest. Um, but again, like about boundaries, like I won't share pictures of my son I don't really show much of my family life because that's a boundary for me that doesn't feel safe and it doesn't feel good, especially since my social media is part of marketing my business. Like I don't want to monetize my kid. And, and so that's something for me too, that like, I just, everybody's boundaries are different and, and I have no judgment for anyone who's made different choices. But for me, as long as I've figured out what those boundaries are and I really stick to them, then I can work within the system without like the heartache and anxiety of, why is it this working? And so I'm just like, I'm trying to set different goals for different things and then kind of like let the chips fall where they may um, when it comes to social, at least. I, I think the boundaries is really like you've, you've said that word a couple of times on the show today. And I think that's super important. Figuring out what your boundaries are and then sticking to your boundaries because that, that leaky boundaries mm. is where you get into trouble. Mm-hmm. And then when you when you have those leaky boundaries, that's where you feel the guilt and that's where you feel the, the the shame of like, oh, well, I said that I would commit to this and then I'm wavering or mm-hmm. I thought I wanted to do it this way. But now I don't know, like with my my Instagram break. It's because I don't need all that stuff in my head that, you know, we all have stuff in our head and it takes up space. If we can get it out of our head and leave room for stuff that sparks joy, then we owe it to ourselves to do that. Absolutely. And I've been, I've been seeing more and more in my life that I require blank space. And I've been like trying to like put boundaries around that and build, you know, build these fences to keep my blank space protected and sacred. And, and it's not like, it's not even something that I can schedule. 
it's like sometimes it just it has to happen when it needs to happen. Um, but again, it's like I always say it's important. And then I say yes to 150 more things than I can handle. And then it's deleted. And so I'm trying to like look at my blank space as I can't schedule it because it doesn't always work like that. But I have to say no to most of the things that come up so that I have time to say yes to the things that allow there to be blank space. And oh, it is a hard balance because especially as a woman I feel like I have to work so hard to feel like I'm doing enough to feel like I'm I'm enough as a parent I'm enough as a wife I'm enough as a business owner and I don't feel like there's ever enough of me to go around but I know there's a less of me if I don't rest and I don't build blank space because when I'm at the end of my rope all the time there's no there's no abundance to give to the people in my life I really 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 want to care for and care about and that's been a hard lesson these last few years. That's so, I'm I'm there too. I'm I'm at a place where like when I'm standing still and there's blank space and I'm not producing or being for someone else, what is in that space? Like what am I telling myself? Like how am I feeling in that space? Like it has to be like you're saying like enough. Mm-hmm. It can't be what should I be doing right now because I'm not doing anything. It just can't be that. <laughs> it has mm-hmm. to be what do I want to create? What do I want to feel? What do I want to do for me? Like, do I want to read Absolutely. something? Do I want to read? It has to be that. You have to feel. So I'm trying to cultivate that as well. It's It's been a, a hard thing. It's hard work. Like, right. Caring for yourself is hard work. And I think that's we all get here because we're. We're people who do things and we've seen the success and the benefit of doing all the things. And like you guys make a podcast, like, and you both have jobs and families and other things going on and passions. And like, we all have so much we're doing and it's hard to cease the doing. Like, it's just so hard and we have to fight for that. And like, I I have this like thing that I say all the time and it's like super obnoxious for people that know me, but I, I say that I'm belligerently hopeful And I feel like that's one of those things like I have to fight to be hopeful because hope is not something that just happens. And I feel like it's the same thing with rest and with these other things. Like I have to fight and claw for it because no one else is going to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I don't have people who care for me. I have lots of people who care for me and check in and make sure that I'm okay. And my therapist and like I have a whole, you know, cadre of people that take good care of me. But I have to be the one to fight for that hope and that blank space in my life because without those two things I just don't have I don't have enough for anybody even myself <laughs> totally it's not a great place so to get to. absolutely so and then smart. once you get to that place it's so much harder to get out of that place yes <laughs> and so, then all the work that you've taken to get out of the place it's like oh, okay and I think like that's definitely something that we can dive into into dive into in after chatter yes. is, a lot of vowel is, sounds yeah, no <laughs> my enunciation gets to me talking is hard talking is so hard that's why we write and type yeah um into in after chatter is is the therapy journey and mental health and the actual difficulty of self-care mm-hmm. because like my god self-care it's like okay yeah i'm just gonna take care of myself mm-hmm. but but you're going against years and your whole life's worth of conditioning <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and just like, to take care of yourself you have to believe that you're worthy of care and that like that slays me every time mm-hmm. <laughs> right and there's so much out there that's like no nah, you don't really have to do that today you can just do so much other stuff Mm-hmm. And you're right. You're the only person that's actually going to fight for you to be taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then like, until go ahead, Kristen. until that happens, and then until you like do the work, you can't really make the rest of it happen. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the segue into work harder, not work smarter not harder yeah like that's kind of making the blank space and giving yourself the rest and working towards self-care is a way to be smarter because otherwise you would just be working harder to fill whatever is you're like the little hamster on the wheel yeah Mm -hmm. 
And I think we don't do a very good job as a culture of recognizing that when in a creative field, there's this, this thing that gets emptied in our daily life. And when we are creative, this like other thing, that's not like sleep or food or, you know, relationship, this like creative box that we empty that has to get filled up. And, and for me, I'm, I'm trying to like, write it down every time I think of something that like makes me feel creative and makes me like fill that box up again because it's so hard when I'm like okay it's time to rest I have half a day off what am I gonna do and I end up just like scrolling Instagram or like playing a dumb game on my phone because I'm like well it's rest I'm not working but that stuff doesn't actually fill up this like cache of creativity that I need so I'm trying to like, you know, I'm a list person to start with. And I, you know, I, you know, get off on checking off my to-do list, but trying to make to-do lists of like, here are rest things. Here are things that are for nobody but me and do nothing but just make me feel filled up and trying to like do those things. And man, those things that are the opposite of obligation that are just like joyful. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, Yes. I don't know. I feel like we just, I expect myself to multitask constantly and beat myself to a pulp and then be creative. And it just does right. not work that way. It just no. does not flow from that. Right. Right. As a teacher, I can't, you know, it's like a culture of trying to tell the kids like work a little hard. Like I catch myself sometimes like pushing them further than they're able to, or encouraging them to do a little more. Like, but I don't really believe that. And then what ends up being in their brain, you know, I just, this is kind of where I feel like it all stems from just what we're taught as far as produce and test and study and make and do and produce and test and make. And I'm just like, yeah. 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 I mean, even like art class in school. Okay. Now here for the next half an hour, color, like (laughs) I wish creativity worked like that and it doesn't. And I'm, I'm learning that in my day to day life where it's like, I may have deadlines for work, where I need to have new things released this month for it to be on schedule for wholesale or whatever else. Well, that means I need to be thinking about that so many months in advance because every time I sit down to do it for three weeks, I might go, I hate all these ideas. I've got nothing. And so I have to like give myself all these buffers of extra time to go. I'm not creative today. I'll do something else. And until I get to that place, and then accept that like, yeah, it's a big dump. Like here's the big brain dump of all the creative thought I've been working on for months and accept that that's how my brain works instead of continuing to try to fight and go like, okay, from 4.30 to 5 p.m. I will be creative. I won't, I just yeah. won't, it's <laughs> not gonna do it. Not gonna work that way, if only it would. I wish that more people would like have this conversation <laughs> that like we cannot schedule like, you know, art time from 4 30 <laughs> to 5 like we just yeah. can't do it mm-hmm. i wish like and no matter how many times i've tried to put it on my google calendar <laughs> it just does not work mm-hmm. i'm like no. i mean i can put it on my google calendar and i will sit here or i will stand at my desk and you know write one sentence out or stamp <laughs> one thing on one card and it will just be continued waste of 30 minutes of time yeah. Or, you know, do the thing that I've learned to do, which sounds similar to what you've done, is just, you know, map out and give myself, you know, 100% extra time this week and another <laughs> extra 100% of time and just, like, be like, okay, this is what I'm thinking and feeling right now. And next week, this is what I'm thinking and feeling. And I know that I can do this because I've done it before. Yeah. Creative inspiration for me comes when I have so many other things planned. And then what I find, what I find is I just take like my arm and sweep it across the table of all those things (laughs) and then just like start creating like, well, this has to happen now. That's how I got January done in my memory keeping. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I think some of it is like not changing what we're already doing because I think that's how we're all generally working. Right. But more around like slay guilt, slay like the the idea of how it's supposed to go and be like today I said I was going to do that and I'm not but I work for myself and this you know this creativity is for myself so why am I trying to put it in a box that no one but me decided (laughs) and no one would know that I didn't do it but me yeah but I still do this thing where I'm like god I didn't do anything today I was supposed to do 
Yeah. What am I thinking? Yeah. Like, who Who is standing behind me judging me for doing a different work task that felt really <laughs> great today versus the other work task that I can do tomorrow? Like, it's so much it's about so like this fight with our, our yeah. own I know. psyche. Ugh. It yeah. sounds, and when we say them out loud, they sound so ridiculous, but yep. in our heads, they sound completely normal and like the completely normal people police, yeah. even though <laughs> that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. But like, nope, if we don't, you know, I guess, you know, make five greeting cards on Monday, or in my case, you know, make a scrapbook page or like a blog post. And if that doesn't get done and ticked off our to-do list because we are, I guess, trying to mimic corporate America's to-do list because they're doing (laughs) such a great job and they make everyone so happy and we're totally working from home because we're trying to do that life because... Right. Right. Mm -hmm. But... (laughs) No. We trust ourselves enough in certain things, like we don't want corporate America jobs. So why do we still (laughs) try to beat ourselves up sometimes when it's like, oh, yeah, that's that speak. That's that, like, guilt thing. That's the, oh, yeah, the should police. Mm -hmm. But it happens. Until we literally, like, force ourselves to talk our way out of it. Yeah. And these conversations are so important because we're all struggling with the same stuff. Like, every single person I've ever talked to in any kind of creative and business field, and all of us, all of us, even if it's not business, like, we're all struggling with these same thoughts and feelings and, and struggles and And if we don't talk about them, then we do that whole, like, I'm the only one dealing with this and everyone else is succeeding because you're seeing what they accomplished, not what they intended to do. And we're judging ourselves on our intentions and not on our output. And it just doesn't make any sense. But if we have these conversations, then we all get to go, oh, we're all doing this and we're all making do and we can all see like and have compassion for each other in these struggles and, and hopefully you know, by proxy, get some of that back for ourselves and feel some of that for ourselves when we realize like, oh, no, you're just like me. Like, <laughs> we're all doing this thing. It's kind of magical when like we get to like expose that stuff and then just see like, oh, it's not that scary. It's really not. Amen, yeah. sister. <laughs> Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. Should we do less more? Works yeah. harder currently? Yes. Let's do it. So what do you currently want less of in your life and what do you currently want more of in your life? I will say we've woven all of this in very well, but what I wrote down was I want less of saying yes out of obligation and I want more of rest and blank space to be creative. Lovely. What do you have one word or like, no, no, definitely not one word. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have one piece of work smarter, not harder advice? I know you gave us like a really good tip before. Yeah, the thing I wrote down for that I prepared was delegate. That that would be, have to be the one word. Um, I, basically, I have a tr- I have a team of people that work for me, but I have this like insidious desire to insert myself into each task, and I become like the roadblock. I, I do it all the time, and so making myself obsolete by delegating and training them so they can do tasks completely without my input. That is my goal for this year. And that's awesome. Yeah. And some of the struggle was last year, I basically had to completely rehire my team because through lots and lots of, um, for lots of different reasons, everybody had moved on and I had a brand new team. So I saw all of those like old patterns that I had gotten out of with this team I'd worked with for four years. It was like so easy after four years to be like, they've got it. They've been doing it. But with a new team, I watched myself like keep like putting myself in the middle of things and being like, I feel important because they need me. And I'm like, hmm, that feels great today. But tomorrow when they can't do anything without me being there, when I'm trying to be creative, I'm going to hate myself. So trying to get myself out of mucking up the works and delegate so that like on days like today, when I'm home, there's a lot less questions and I'm able to literally like sit in the quiet and be creative. And like, that's, it's getting so much better and I'm just like 
I keep trying to like trudge into that and go like, I know the end is good. Like I know where I'm headed is good. I need to keep doing it. <laughs> That's amazing. Delegate is a good word for that's that. That's absolutely That's amazing. so funny, Chris. You're like, give me a one word answer. She's like, delegate. She's like, I already had that <laughs> Yeah, down. I was like, that one yeah. word was not even what I meant. I meant like, yeah. you know, just one, like, you've given us so many great yeah, like things. one idea, just, but like, one, it was yeah, hysterical one, that she legit had a word. Like, one word? Yeah, that was fantastic. That was I'm word. a words person. <laughs> as, we've, as we've covered, it is what I do. That was a great word. All right. So let's um, conclude this before after chatter with our currently round based off of um, Kristen's currently card that people can get for free at areyoukristen.com slash currently. And yeah, so we just orally, orally go through the list on the podcast. You ready? Yes. Okay. What are you currently watching? I am watching lots of YouTube. Nice. Like lots and lots. Anyone in particular? Yeah. Who are your favorites? Um, Yes, I really like beauty YouTube because I find it very calming. Nice. And my two favorites are Satela and Raw Beauty Christy. I like them both very much. They both talk about like mental health and things as well, which is nice. And then my friend Jen just started a channel called The Pile I'm Standing In. And she shares like wisdom from being like a business owner and a mom who now has teenagers, which I'm looking to as like, that's my future. Yeah. So I like her very much. And then I have, I wrote down too many things. My friend um, who owns the brand Band of Weirdos just started a channel of like studio vlogs, which is great. So you should go check those out. Very cool. We will link to all those in the show notes, people. Oh, wonderful. So yeah. Um, What are you currently reading? Um, I read 53 books in 2018. Um, Yeah. Mostly audiobooks, which I feel like some people give me less credit. But basically after that year, I was like, I'm going to take a little break and catch back up on podcasts. So I'm... I'm reading podcasts. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> totally. Not the awesome. same thing, but you know, going from audiobooks to podcasts is not that different. I love it. So what are you currently listening to? Are those podcasts? Um, oh, I um just listened to this podcast called Wild Thing that's about Sasquatch and people who hunt Sasquatch and and it is so freaking delightful. It just made my world a little happier for a while. So that's awesome. That is awesome. People listen to the best podcast. Like I listen to more. <laughs> I like to like incorporate some new things in my life. That's one of them. All right. What are you currently feeling? Um, cabin fever from being stuck inside my house for 15 days because it snowed in Seattle. It's yeah. madness. It's total madness. <laughs> that sounds uh, <laughs> crazy. Just like yeah, actually there crazy. Were, for f- six of the days in the month, there were three adults, a child, a dog, and a cat living in my house. <laughs> and I will tell you that that got crazy. You can't wait for summer. <laughs> long way <laughs> off in Seattle. It's a long oh, way off. No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. What do you currently – did I ask you feeling and I skipped making? What are you currently making? Yes. Uh, I'm making a mess of my house, which is attached to the previous one about the cabin fever. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds silly, but it's oh no, it happens. Right okay. It totally happens. <laughs> I still have my Christmas things up. It'll be coming down next week. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> what are you currently planning? I'm planning collaborations and new releases for 2019. So, so I'm not like, yeah, it's good. It's really exciting. Right. What are you currently loving? lastly um i am loving experimenting with makeup i spent a lot a lot of years of completely opting out which i also really support um but the last like year i've been having a lot of fun doing little like art projects on my face makeup oh thank you yeah so fancy if you head over to after chatter and you're on our (laughs) video you'll be able to see it i look like a full day of work (laughs) a full week of work hey i put makeup on just for podcasts because it makes me feel like confident and like hey i showed up today it's that's amazing. That looks good. Time, but yeah, love it. Makes me feel good. Everyone gets to see how I have cleaned the. No, you don't get to see how I've cleaned because everything behind me is a disaster, <laughs> and I've only cleaned on the side of the camera that you guys can't see. Um, so you should absolutely join us for after chatter, where Sarah looks amazing and Amanda and I look like we've had a, a day because we have, and everyone has a day. Technically, and we're three hours before her. That's so right. Yeah. It's right. I've had three hours less of yeah. my day, so it's fair game. True. But you've had 15, 15 days in a house. True. <laughs> well, so, you know, there's effort, still showering. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all the things I need. It's true. You do have access to a shower. We also have accesses to showers. <laughs> I just haven't been in one for a while. No, just kidding. Just okay, kidding. You gotta, you gotta hold in on what's really shower. important yeah. in your daily life. Showers aren't always that thing. True. Not That's for me. That's true. Anyway. 
That's true. Shower is not always the most important thing. Crafty ass female is the most important thing. And then showering and then something else. Um, Then the after chatter show, which is where we're headed next. Thank you again to Sarah for coming on the show. You can find her at constellationco.com and all of her links will be in the show notes. Everything that we talked about will be in the show notes and we're going to head over to after chatter on patreon.com slash crafty female. Thank you again to all of our amazing supporters who make the show possible. We love you very much and we love everybody who listens to the show. We will be back next week with another amazing guest. I don't know who it is right now because I had a migraine this morning <laughs> and I can't remember who it is. And they're all but, too um, good to remember. I know, guys, our slate of guests <laughs> right now is absolutely amazing because they're just fantastic. Sarah, you have been incredible. Everyone else on the show is amazing. Amanda, you are also amazing and I love you. And As are you, Kristen. Thank you so much. I cannot wait for After Chatter. We're going to go head over there right now. Thank you, guys. This has been awesome. We will catch you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>